Let the games begin. What is happening? We got a lot to talk about. I know I ain't been around, but it's been an interesting week for me. I'm not going to tell you about my week because it ain't none of your goddamn business. Anyway, <laughs> the episode is called Stop Firing My Niggas. Stop firing my niggas. But we're going to kick it off. We're going to kick it off with some shit. Oh, yeah, nigga. All right, man. Clippers, Celtics. I watched that game tonight. You know, I'm going to just go with the games I watched. Um... Clippers lose another game with another Paul George stinker in the fourth quarter. I mean, you have to expect that. Kawhi randomly had back spasms and did not play. And he did not, you know, Kawhi didn't um, miss many games this season. So this was a game time decision. But I watched the game. It was pretty back and forth. I mean, the Clippers looked like they were going to win the game. And then the Celtics just took off on them. And George wasn't able to close out the game. This is why Kawhi is needed. Because Boston was slumping. They're, they, they're just above 500. So for them to lose that game the Clip, like they did... So, I mean, it was kind of disappointing, but what you expect? Um, I watched the Lakers and the uh, Suns tonight as well, and the calls were awful on both ends. Calls were terrible. Like, the referees could not referee a fucking little kid's game. It was clear that they were cheating for the Lakers to win that game. I'm sorry. I hate to say it because Devin Booker got two technical fouls for nothing for bouncing a ball hard at the referee. Motherfuckers, Rasheed Wallace would get a technical foul if he sneezed the wrong way. Candace Parker brought up something interesting tonight that I wanted to elaborate on. And she brought up the fact that Draymond Green gets to yell at the referee, cuss him out, and um, he rarely would get teed up. And that's a great point. Even though Draymond Green in the beginning of his career did get the technicals, did get suspended and all that shit, but... um. She said he got the uh, he gets away with it because of his cachet. Now let's look at his numbers for the season. This is hundred million dollar Draymond that says that the NBA is ran like a slave plantation. This man is averaging six point six rebounds and nine assists. 
He's great with assists, but this man is shooting 39% from the field and 22% from three. I don't think he has earned cachet to get away with technical fouls. But obviously, since he's a piece of the Warriors' legacy, just a piece, I guess he gets away. But, you know, that was an interesting statement that Candace Parker made. But yes. I agree with her, though. All right, man. Let's get to the motherfucking um, topic at hand. Atlanta Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce was fired. I also believe, even though I said when Ryan Saunders got fired that he was un, uh, that he was wrongfully fired as well because he didn't get enough time. Minnesota dealt with a lot of shit. Malik Beasley was getting in trouble with the law. Carl Anthony Towns was losing his family. Then he got hurt. Then D'Angelo Russell was in and out of the lineup. So Ryan Saunders was not to blame for the Timberwolves problems. But as usual, we're going to get to see how the power of a, a GM using a head coach to save their own ass. When the GM really should have been fired of the Minnesota Timberwolves, not Ryan Saunders. And I agree the same way with Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce was on some, you know, Atlanta Hawks GM's on some bullshit with this one. Three out of four years that Lloyd Pierce has been on the Hawks, the the Hawks were a lottery team. This season was supposed to be the Hawks' breakout season. And they ended up struggling because, you know, there was a rift between Trey Young and, um... You know what I'm saying? My bad. But... As I was saying, right? This is some bullshit. The way that the nigga coach is in the league, they're being treated fucked up. I feel like Lloyd Pierce, they should have let him ride out his contract. Then you let him go to greener pastures. The Hawks are currently 11th in the East, which they shouldn't be. But the you know, Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich is flopping. Danilo Gallinari was in and out of the lineup, so he's been inconsistent. Rajon Rondo's been hurt all year. So those are key pieces right there that are fucking up. Trey Young is doing what he's supposed to do. John Collins is doing what he's supposed to do. Clint Capella's doing what he's supposed to do. Kevin Herter, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't really done shit. Um, let's see who else, who else, who else on that team. Uh, DeAndre Hunter has been out for most of the season. So, again, another coach wrongly fired because of injuries and players not stepping up to the plate. That's not the coach's fault. Nate McMillan is going to fill in as an intern. This is another man that has been done wrong. And we're going to get into why do my nigga coaches 
get fired prematurely. Why does my nigga gotta get fired? When you got Brad Stevenson with the struggling ass Boston Celtics who are 18 and 17. Yeah, they jumped to fourth, but look and see if they were in the West, 18 and 14 would be sixth or seventh in the West. But they have been struggling. They're seven and twelve on the road. Boston was known for being a great road team, and this man still has his job. You got the Milwaukee Bucks, who have fell short in multiple seasons in the playoffs, but Mike Budenholzer still has his job. Mike Malone is off my shit list for now. Because my nigga PJ Dozier has 17 points tonight. If you're unaware of who he is, you're ju- he's just now getting some fucking time. Mike Malone had him so far buried in the bench. That nigga was six feet deep, and Medea beat him down two more feet. But let's give a history on why my niggas' coaches get fired prematurely. Let's take Avery Johnson. For uh, instance, this man led the Dallas Mavericks to the NBA Finals, right? And um, the next season, they lose early in the playoffs, and he gets fired. Just like that. In the middle of what? I think he had three years left on his contract. Like, for real? Yeah, exactly. Take money. That nigga Avery Johnson ate. And then, when he was in the middle of his contract, when he was coaching college, he opted out for another chance in the NBA, and he's never gotten another coaching job, never got another opportunity to shine. This man led a Dallas team to the finals that have never been there in franchise history. And you fire him after one year. Let's look at Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. This man got hired as a head coach. Golden State before Mark Jackson was a lottery team and a laughing stock and a joke. And only the We Believe Warriors made some noise. He built the Golden State Warriors, drafted Steph. Well, I'm not going to necessarily say he drafted Steph. I take that back. He drafted Clay, drafted Draymond. You know, built that team in Golden State. And then I think, was Iguodala added when Jackson was the coach? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. He, I think it was Kerr. Yeah, Kerr was there when Iguodala got added. But then... Once the Warriors rose to prominence and started winning playoff series, they came up short one year, right? And um, all of a sudden, he gets fired. Steve Kerr gets into position. Then you sign Iguodala. Then you sign Sean Livingston. And then you sign KD. Ain't that a bitch? Can you imagine what 
I think Mark Jackson would have had the same success with those same individuals. But I bet you this, if Mark Jackson was there, they would have never got Kevin Durant. They would have never gotten Iguodala. They would have never got Sean Livingston. They would have never got Leandro Barbosa. Because they don't want the nigga to shine in the NBA. Not for a long time. Look at Alvin Gentry. This is a guy who is a solid head coach. He's not the best head coach out there. But he is a decent coach that can get your team going. Alvin Gentry might not have had playoff success. But I still think he's a guy out there that's worth giving opportunities to. And he has coached around the league. I think Alvin Gentry's probably the only guy that has had the most chances when there were guys better than him. David Fitzdale. This is a guy I didn't even have written down. David Fitzdale was an assistant coach on two championship Miami Heat teams. And then was the Memphis Grizzlies head coach. Took them to the playoffs. They went against, obviously, a better San Antonio team. And then, bam, he's gone for Dave Jorger. I think Fitzdale's a better coach than Dave Jorger. Lionel Hollins. This is a man that took Lionel Hollins' job. Lionel Hollins is is an assistant coach for the L.A. Lakers right now. Lionel Hollins made that Grindhouse Grizzlies team go. And where is he? A third string assistant coach on the Lakers. Lionel Hollins had led the fucking Memphis Grizzlies to the conference finals. And this is the motherfucking thanks he get for starting this gangster shit. Then we got Mike Brown, who is, I think he's still currently a a Golden State Warriors assistant coach. But he has had success in the league. He led that crappy-ass Cleveland Cavaliers team to the finals with great defense, letting LeBron run the offense, and everybody else just play defense to generate offense. And this man cannot get a head coaching job in the league. And he was the Lakers head coach. Led them to the Western Conference Finals. He's had success. I'd rather have Mike Brown than fucking Brad Stevens right now. I'd rather have him than Nick Nurse. And he's got a championship. Nate McMillan, this is a guy who is a solid head coach, was helping the uh, Indiana Pacers get to the playoffs every season. They went against better teams. And then they even extended his contract and then fired him. Ain't no white man going to get an extended contract and they fire him the next season or before that. I know y'all going to say George Carl won coach of the year and got fired. Well, guess what, nigga? So did Dwayne Casey. This nigga won coach of the year, got Toronto the multiple conference championships, and they dumped him for Nick Nurse. I bet you if Dwayne Casey was there, 
when Kawhi Leonard was there. They would have won a championship regardless. And I like Casey. Casey can develop young talent. And that's why I'm happy to have him as the Pistons coach. Even though people are lobbying for this man's job to be taken. I'm like, why? Dwayne Casey needs two, three years to develop a group of young niggas. We can keep going here. Lenny, Lenny Wilkins. I think Lenny Wilkins retired though, but Lenny Wilkins was done was you know had done you know had whole shit done to him. Like Lenny Wilkins, I think had the Hawks going to the playoffs. Then they let him go. Then he was the Knicks head coach, and after that, you never saw him again. The Knicks made him retire. Isaiah Thomas. I don't know Isaiah Thomas after that uh, situation where. He was uh, harassing that lady. It, that kind of fucked up his opportunity to never be a head coach again. But I would give Isaiah another chance. He was a good-ass head coach on the uh, Indiana Pacers and on the Knicks. I just wouldn't have made Isaiah the GM. That's where they fucked up at. But Isaiah was a good-ass head coach. Mike Woodson. This is a man that led the Knicks to a 54-28 and record. In a tough Eastern Conference at that time. Mike Woodson, I think, is on um, the New York Knicks staff again. I think Mike Woodson should be a head coach in this league. And then Jason Kidd. They did him dirty. This is the man that was responsible for Giannis getting an opportunity. A lot of people don't know that. They equate him to the clumsy coach on the Brooklyn Nets where, you know, he... uh had the players spill the drink and shit. But these GMs around the league be firing black coaches just to save their own ass. And a majority of the GMs are, are white. And then, great segue, right? There is rumors of the Houston Rockets coach. They're already calling for Steven Silas to get fired. Really, bitch? Really, dog? Do you know how, what this brother went through this season? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what this man, Steven Silas, went through this year. Bruh. This nigga had to deal with, a, with James Harden with some breast augmentations show up to camp. With some D cups and was 30 pounds overweight. This nigga was hanging out with little baby eating honey buns and getting $50,000 and shit from him. Him not showing up to camp on time, dividing the team. And for him to be very, as professional as possible. And still trying to... And then also they were shuffling that team around when they traded him. Then they lost Christian Wood for an extended period of time, who was their best player. John Wall is damn near out there by himself. He, he lost Boogie Cousins. So... And these niggas have the audacity to even fucking think... An, 
think about firing this man. Why? We know why. The world knows why. Lonzo Ball has been proving the world wrong as his performances on the Pelicans continuously get better. Now, Lonzo Ball is everything that I thought he was going to be. A lot of people expected him because of LeVar Ball, you know, being a good father, continuously being on his son and hyping him up, even if he wasn't as talented as he spoke of. But Lonzo Ball, from what I saw at UCLA, was a tall version of Jason Kidd. He's not going to get you 20. He's not going to average close to a a triple-double with 20 points. He's going to average close to a triple-double with 13, 14 points. I'm not asking the nigga to score, but it would be nice if you score. But... My only knock on Lonzo is he's not aggressive going to the basket as he should be. The shot has improved. The changing of the shot worked wonders for Lonzo Ball. But my only problem with him is he doesn't drive to the basket enough. He's got that 6'6 frame, long arms, and he can finish at the rim. So that's the only thing that I have against Lonzo. But other than that, he's been playing well this season. So I don't think that the Pelicans should trade him. I think they should keep him. He's a starter in the NBA. The Utah Jazz have been 3-3 in their last six games. That's kind of a slump for them. But again, this is what makes my claim of them being in a difficult conference relevant. Let's pull up who they faced. Although they still, I mean, in their last 10 games, they're still 7-3. Don't get it twisted or fucked up. The Pelicans beat them two nights ago. You know, that was a shocker because I expected Utah to really, like murder them yeah and they ended up losing to the Miami Heat that was a shocker and then they lost to the Clippers these were good ass teams Two of which were in their conference. So when I say do not compare the Utah Jazz to the uh, 2015 Atlanta Hawks. It's under different circumstances. The West that they're in is way better than the East that the Hawks were in. Um, coming to America too. I cannot wait to see this fucking movie. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, motherfucking Wesley Snipes, Leslie Jones, the homie. Um, what's his name? The homie. Uh, ah, how the 
fuck do I forget that James Earl Jones? Yeah, how the fuck I forget him? Shari Headley. Oh my gosh, she is still fine. Jermaine Fowler, Wesley Snipes. It's gonna be a huge movie, man. I can't wait. Although I'm a little bit shaky about the PG-13 rating. Because rated R. That motherfucker, you know that shit gonna be classic. PG-13. I don't know if they're going to get away with certain shit. But the soundtrack is coming soon. I see that there's a single with Megan Thee Stallion. There's a single with YG and Big Sean that was just released. I didn't hear it. Uh, I finally got some information. Possible information on the rapper Denzel Curry's Unlock 1.5 project. It seems like it's going to be a remix project because there's a single out with Denzel, Alchemist, and Joey Badass with the remix to Cosmic, which was included on the 2020 version of Unlocked with Kenny Beats. So Kenny Beats and Alchemist must have collabed on the beat. And I listened to it and I was just like, in shock but hopefully we get some new songs and if it's just remixes that's completely fine more bodies to add to the remix uh, category on the King Known Awards which will be released in November um Bryson Tiller dropped the deluxe version of anniversary what are my thoughts on that it's a smash I mean Bryson Tiller you can argue by saying he has three classic albums. This is not coming from a butt-kissing standpoint. Yes, I'm a fan of Bryson Tiller, but you got to tell the truth. I mean, Trap Soul is a whole... This nigga came out with a whole genre. And motherfuckers followed behind it. You would not have a lot of your favorite artists... Like fucking Brent Fires, fucking Pink Sweats, you know, uh, Don Tolliver. Without uh, Bryson Tiller. I mean, but then again, low-key, no disrespect to Bryson, but low-key Tory Lanez was doing Trap Soul before it was coined. Just like, you know, Goody Mob was doing trap music before T.I. coined it trap music. You know, Bryson Tiller came up with the name and the concept for Trap Soul. But Tory Lanez was kind of doing what Bryson Tiller is doing now. Those are just my thoughts on that situation. But, and let's get back to Anniversary, right? Anniversary is dope. Um, anniversary of the deluxe edition The five songs were great I like the song Big Sean I like the song with um, You know I like all five songs the same way They're great additions It reminds me of True to Self Those five songs And then the anniversary album Reminds me I mean that's Trap Souls You know what I'm saying that's Trap Soul all grown up like the Rugrats and shit. Uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, right? 
are going to do an album together. Man, listen, I'll tell you what. I was never a Bruno Mars fan until 24 Karat Magic came out. I never liked Bruno Mars. Like, the only songs I liked with Bruno Mars was Just The Way You Are. Um, And I liked his hooks on other people's records. Bruno Mars always bodied features. But I fucking hated his music. I hated the Lazy Song. I fucking hated Grenade. Well, I didn't, I'm not going to say I hated Grenade, but I thought I just thought Grenade was corny. That's all. But I never liked Bruno Mars. Never. Up until that 24 Karat Magic album. Once that came out, I couldn't ignore that nigga anymore. Because, you know, the whole album was fire start to finish. Anderson Pack, I've been a fan of Anderson Pack ever since I heard him on Dr. Dre's Compton. That shit made me want to check out his other shit. You know, I, I ended up checking out Venice. Venice is a classic. I checked out Malibu. That shit's a classic. Oxnard is a classic. Motherfucking all everything he releases is just classic material. He just hasn't missed yet. I'm waiting on that nigga to miss. Sorry to say, he has not missed. Him and Tiller have never missed. Bruno Mars, you know, I don't know. But I think the both of them are in the same lane and on the same level. Musically. Obviously, Bruno's a bigger artist, so he his fans get to see Anderson Pack. So them two doing a project together, that shit gonna be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Um, oh yeah, D'Angelo did a versus. And I caught some of it, not all of it. You know, I, I know Meth and Red was on there. Her was on there. I saw her. But the person he was supposed to battle was Maxwell, and he did not show up. He ran. A hundred miles and running, 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 running. Maxwell better not battle nobody else. I would have loved to see that. And them niggas perform together. Oh, man. D'Angelo, man, listen. Catalog, right? Listen. I take that man's catalog against a lot of other niggas' catalogs. A lot, Even though his catalog, he only got three albums. He got the Black Messiah, he got Voodoo, and he got Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar and Voodoo are classic albums, nigga. Like, listen, you don't know how many times I bumped that shit. Damn, motherfucker. That was my shit. Y'all gotta understand. I was just playing Brown Sugar two days ago. That shit sound like it didn't age a motherfucking bit. That song was just so fly, the wordplay, and D'Angelo was just, I know he had to have some Hennessy, bruh. When he did that song, I mean, the cruising joint was crazy. You're my lady. That was my shit, boy. What? 
Then Voodoo. Don't get me started on my favorite. Oh yeah, I for, Oh yeah, don't get me started on my favorite D'Angelo song. Fuck the slice. I want the pie. Why is man niggas Primo fucking lace D'Angelo? Primo lace D'Angelo with that shit, man. Devil's pie? Come on, man. Don't get me started. Devil's pie. Come on, man. I, I don't even want to get started on that. Then we had the the uh, the uh, when I logged on, I think they were playing the Spanish joint. That's my shit too. The one that went doom 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 doom. Yeah, that shit. Out of there. That's one of my joints. Um, left and right. The one he did with Meth and Red. It was a funny story behind that record. They said that Meth and Red had their verses down. They said that Q-Tip laid a verse to that song. He still got writing credit on the album. But he laid a verse. And nobody liked the verse. So they took Q-Tip's verse off of that record for some reason. I guess they said it sucked or something. That's the story I heard behind Left and Right. I'm like, damn, I hope that's not true. (laughs) <laughs> Cause Q-Tip I know I, I know a lot of y'all Gonna get up upset when I say this I think Q-Tip is a better rapper than Method Man and Red Man That's just my personal thoughts No disrespect All of them them three niggas is on the same level But I think Q-Tip as an overall Rapper is, is, is better than them I think Red Man's got Great A great catalog uh, A wider catalog than Q-Tip has on his own but the two albums that q-tip released were classic albums especially the uh the second album oh fuck what's the name of that second album that got him the five mics and the source the renaissance that's the name of it i think q-tip's albums are way better than method man's albums And then, of course, his legacy with A Tribe Called Quest. I mean, you could say that five out of the six albums they released were classic. Five and a possible six. Maybe. But, um, D'Angelo and Friends. Very, very good. You know, um, even though I didn't see the whole thing. But I heard about it. And I watched the D'Angelo and her performance. Chills down my spine. I thought he was going to get the real Lauren Hill. I'm about to be like, you know her ass is going to be late. <laughs> Stop playing. Oh, my God. bro. <laughs> oh, man. I won't steer you wrong. D'Angelo's legacy. You know, he's one of those great talents. You know, and then D'Angelo started slipping up and getting in trouble and shit. Took him a while to get his shit back together, but I'm glad he's still alive to kick that shit. I hope he can take I hope he comes out with another album that's similar to Voodoo and um Brown Sugar, but I think he on a different wave. I think D'Angelo is a person that's an innovator, so he's not going to make anything that sounds like his previous work. 
But anyway, that's my shit. Um, how far? I'm, damn, I've been going for 35 minutes. All right, cut this shit off. I'm gone.